The following presentation was recorded live at the River Worship Center in Warsaw, Indiana. We now join the message already in progress. Um, it, it, we, we, received a, we received a word from the Lord uh, a couple of weeks, three weeks ago, and we normally don't do this, but we started on Wednesday night, and we normally like to start on Sunday morning and then finish and, and carry on. But how many of you know that sometimes you got, when the Lord says move, you've got to move? When the Lord says, when the Lord gives you a word, you know, delayed obedience is what? Yeah. Yeah, so we don't want to be disobedient, amen? Because we know that it is better to obey than to... Hmm. All right. That's what the Word of God says. What's the hardest thing that American Christians ha find to do? Obey the Word of the Lord. They, they, they have trouble obeying the Word of the Lord. They want, they want to claim, may, lay claim to the word Christian, but they don't want to obey the word of the Lord. How can you be a disciple if you don't obey the master's teachings? You're not a disciple, are you? Yeah, anybody, ever, anybody here ever go to the wrong school when you were in high school? Did you ever sneak out and go to a neighboring school or a rival school? No, nobody did that, except, except for only one person in this room did. There was a lady who's sitting in this room who went to a rival high school of a guy that's in this room. I'm going to mention the guy's name, but um, one day during this woman's lunch period, this, uh, this goes back to 1980. I don't know if any of you guys remember that. It was back when they still had carburetors on cars. Um, uh, Indy Carburation Day was still a thing. And, and No, I'm, I'm sorry. But uh, during her lunch period, all of a sudden, standing beside her locker at the rival school was, was her... Bo, soon to be Sig Other, um, and and the reason that the reason that that guy showed up is because she wore that guy's football jersey to the rival school, and and people were give people were giving him a little bit of guff, you know, and so the the big the big football star or whatever not star but any big football dude went to went to surprise her at her lunch and walked all the way through the high school and she had one of the toughest pre principals, I mean. He would he he would have he would have probably snatched you know you up beside the neck and threw you into the office and then called the police. But he, he just walked all the way around and just acted like they belonged there. And then, uh, but uh, sometimes now y'all y'all looking at me like that seems strange. Does that seem strange? I mean, especially today when they got police walking the, the aisles of the school, and today when you got a when you got a badge in badge out you know so it's, it's kind of like the karate kid in reverse you know instead of wax on wax off it's badge in badge out you know and uh, but uh does that seem strange that somebody would go to the enemy's camp does that seem strange yet there are believers that do it every day they'll come and hear a message from the word of the lord hear a message about god because Let's be honest. Can, can, I be, can I be completely honest with you? I hope, you? I hope I can. Let's just be real. People don't care about God. People don't come to church to, to hear from God anymore. People come to church to tell me a story about God. Tell me about God. I, don't, I really don't, I'm really not interested in knowing him because if to, if to obey is better than sacrifice and, and, if, and, if, and if obedience, you know, if, if delayed obedience is disobedience, don't tell me about God. Just tell me a story about God. 
And you know what? You know what it is getting into today? Tell me that God loves me. I, I could tell you a million times that God loves you. It still don't make any difference until you love God. Unreciprocated love is not love at all, is it? I don't want to be crass. I don't want to be crass, okay? But for, for $50, you, you can find two or three hours worth of love. If that's your version of love. I was talking with, I was talking with one, of the, one of the elders this week. And it goes back to a 1980s song. It says, I've got dozens of friends and the fun never ends. That is as long as I'm buying. Right? Is that the relationship that we have with the Father? As long as things are going my way, as long as things are going good, as long as the blessings are falling, as long as, long as my, 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 my kids aren't sick, as long as my little pup pad is okay, I'll serve you, Lord. Where would we be today if the apostles felt that way? What if, what if the apostle Paul, the first, time, the first time he got beaten with rods, you know, by the Jews, the Jews could beat you with rods and the, and the Romans did you with stripes and lashes. What if the first time the Apostle Paul got beat with rods by his own people, he said, no, 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 too much. God, you're just asking too much. Well, then you just cut out two-thirds of the New Testament. Just take it right out. Because if he would give up at the first sign of, of, at the first sign of oppression, at the first sign of, of strife, what of what Peter... You know, when we're, we, we, we've been looking at, and I've been, I've been, my, my study time has led me to Peter. What if, what if, what if, if, if in First Peter, Peter was telling us, you know, that we, we bear all tribulation. We bear it as, as though we were being in persecution. We bear it as though we were godly. And here Peter is, is serving under Caesar Nero, who would soon take his life. We got it pretty good, don't we? We, we really got it pretty good. I mean, I mean the, the biggest threat that most of us have is that, man, my brother-in-law might hate me if I tell him about Jesus. I would rather offend him and cause him to think about it and perhaps go to heaven because of something I might have said that he didn't want to hear than to live in peace with him and have him die and end up in a devil's hell for eternity. Right. So, when the Lord said, when the Lord, I was, I was, I was getting ready, and I, and I told the story last Wednesday, when the Lord said, when the Lord said, "This is my beloved Son, hear Him, hear ye Him, listen to Him." Right. You think God still wants us to listen to Him today? Then we came into, then we came into Sunday. And Sunday we talked about when heaven intersects or collides with your world. How many, how many of us have had that intersection? How many of us have had that collision? And, and, and it rocked us, did it not? I mean, when, when heaven collides with our world, it'll, it'll rock your world, amen? So we're listening to him. By the way, by the way you, you, you start listening to him, and, and the more you listen to him, and the more and the more you start to agree with Jesus. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that 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 going back five years now, we just decided that at the river, we're just going to agree with Jesus. Amen. Whatever he said, we're just going to agree with Jesus. That's the that's what we're doing. We're just going to agree with him. You know why? Because he's always right. 
How many times have you agreed with somebody and they weren't right? I, I got a good friend and, and I love him. But man, that guy's wrong more than he's right. And whenever he says, hey, don't you agree? Man, I don't, I don't, I, I just say, what? Agree to what? Don't, don't, wouldn't you agree to that? What, do, what am I agreeing to? See, I question that. We question it. Even I've got, I've got a friend that goes to church and he asks me sometimes, wouldn't you agree to that? And wouldn't I agree to what? What am I agreeing to? Right? Because how many of you know, how many of you know there are people that use you for collateral because they have no, they have no credit of their own. They have no honesty credit of their own. And so they use you for collateral. I remember one time a guy was, uh, when, when I was in management, a guy said, he said, uh, we were, we, we, he, was, he went to the same college that I did, and he says, hey, would you, uh, would you mind giving me a recommendation over there? And, and I'm looking at this guy. First off, first off he, he paid somebody to do his homework. Second off, he didn't show up, mo- up most of the time. He, he laughed through school, just barely made it. You know, he, he, he's kind of like some of, the, some of the, the current politicians. They just make it through by the skin of their teeth and daddy's dollars. Because, um, you know, by the way, most colleges today are just about money, right? The more money you got, the higher up you get, the better grade you get. They're not institutions of higher learning. They're institutions of buyer learning, buyer pursuits. Oh, I... I not all of them. Don't send me emails. Don't, don't send me bad letters. Some of them are. And, and, and that's, that's, that's a fact. Would you give me a recommendation? I hear, they, I hear you. They got good jobs over there. Would you give me a recommendation? I said, I sure will. Be glad to. This, guy, this guy's reputation was you couldn't trust him to walk from here to the door without, without taking something with him. Sure enough, a supervisor in the plant come up and said, hey, got this, guy, got this thing here, and he says he knows you, says you'll give him a recommendation. I said, I sure will. So we went back to his office, and he goes, tell me about this guy. I said, do not hire him under any circumstances. Do not touch this guy. I said, you will, you will rue the day that if you hire him, that you hired him. He said, what? He said, what kind of recommendation is it? I said, it's honest. Well, I thought he was your friend. I said, I thought so too. There's no loyalty. He just, he's just using, using, using me to get to you to get in the door. What? As fate would have it, they didn't hire him. Two weeks later, I see, he, he, I see him uptown. Hey, man, I got, my, I got my application in. I haven't heard anything. Did you give me a recommendation? I said, I sure did. Like I told you, I would. I did. He never asked me what kind of recommendation I gave him. But I did recommend him. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'm going to be ashamed of you before the Father. You thought you was wondering how it was going to work that in there, wasn't you, Pastor? Watch that. It's going to get tricky. Got a hook on this one. There's a hook coming. Got a cricket on it. Probably from Cricketville. Uh, Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my Father who is in heaven. 
You know what, you know what that means? That means what, that, when, that when you're going to look for Jesus to give you a recommendation to the Father, he's going to say, you know what? This person didn't, didn't ever seek me out, didn't ever listen to me, didn't want to understand, didn't want to. They, 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 when it went well, when everything was going good, they were in church. And when things started getting a little rough, they left out. They, they, yet they, let, they, they didn't understand what being a Christian was about. So, Father, no, I did not know them. Does that open up Matthew chapter 7 a little bit for you right there? Does that open it up? Jesus is going to say to some of, some of the people, I never knew you, but the worst part about it is he's going to tell the Father, no, I don't know them. They're not mine. Send them into outer darkness. They were too willing to play the game. When it was popular, they'd be a Christian. When it was unpopular, they, were, they, would, be, they would blend in. They were chameleons. All right. In Matthew, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter twenty-five, um, we, we, when you're turning there, go ahead and get down on toward verse twenty-one is where we're going to we're going to start out tonight. But let me give you a brief synopsis. This is this is my beloved son. Hear him. Point number two: um, What would uh, what would happen if the church actually started listening to Jesus? And that's where that's where we are right in our introduction. What would happen if we actually if we claimed the name of Jesus if we actually started listening to him? Would our lives be different? We could expect trouble, but would our lives be different? Yeah, sure. Because he's going to lead us into all righteousness for his name's sake, right? So we need to start listening to Jesus. Church, we need to start hearing from Jesus. Not about him. I know people that run from run from preacher to preacher to preacher tell me what god's doing now tell me what god's doing now do you know what the holy spirit the holy spirit hears from god he searches the deep things of god and we can know through the holy spirit living in us what god has planned we can know this for ourselves and not another I, we don't have to go from from church to church to preacher to preacher to to whatever matter of fact some of them especially those on the interwebs some of them i'm not sure that they're that they're all that trustworthy some of them are, are capitalizing on prophets of doom. I, most of you guys here have lived through, lived through the, the 1999. Remember Y2K? Boy, you talk about prophets of doom back then. The computers aren't going to roll over. They're analog. The computers aren't going to go. They're, you better buy gold. You better buy... I remember right to this day, I, I know a guy that got a 500-gallon fuel tank and filled it up with gas to run his generators on because he just knew he would be the only one on his block come January 1, 2000 that would have power and he stored up like the people are hoarding the toilet paper now at, at Walmart. He stored up and hoarded up and, and, and expected that his friends would come to him needing TP and, and whatever else and 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 the next day on on january 1 2020 did anybody even see a hiccup i remember going into the i remember going into the living room and around the living room corner those of you guys have been in our house we got a long living room got a, got a couple of ceiling lights in there and i flipped on the first ceiling light and, and 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 it's a double switch like back there in the back it's a double switch and you know if you put one of those switches halfway up the other won't, won't activate it because it's got it in the lock position. And I flipped, on the, I flipped on that. I walked into the living room. I flipped on that light, and it didn't work. And I'm like, oh, no. That was about my whole scare of, of Y2K. Figured out that the other switch was, everything else was working, and, and we've been hitting on all cylinders ever since, haven't we? But there were prophets of doom and gloom. Let me just tell you, 
The Lord is coming back. There is a day when the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout. There is a day coming. But as we've seen this year, your day may be way before that. All of the saints of God up until now, all the apostles up until now, those men back there on our heritage wall up until now, we're looking for a city. We're looking for his return. But we better be living as though we won't make it out of tonight. That's the reality of this. Pastor Staggs used to say, you need to stay prayed up, paid up, and ready to go. You've got to stay prayed up. You've got to be hearing from the Father. That's why you've got the Holy Spirit. That's why you've got the Comforter inside of you. And he will tell you. Matter of fact, in John it says, in, in that day you won't, have, you won't have need of anybody to teach you because the Holy Spirit will confirm in your innermost being that which the Father is doing. We were sharing, we were sharing with it this week, and I forget who it was with, but, but the, 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 the Father, God the Father, doesn't do anything except he reveal it, reveals it to his prophets. And if the Holy Ghost is in you, guess what? You're going, to have, you're going to have an unction. Nobody's talking about unction today. You ever notice that? Today in the day's church, it's all about, oh, you've got to feel good. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to get happy. You know, they're more motivational than inspirational. And, and, and I'm telling you, we need to have that unction from the Holy Ghost, whereby we know that, that you know, do you remember, do you remember that when the children of Israel, were, whether they would move or whether they would not, they would consult the prophets, and the prophets had the Urim and the Thummim, and, 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 and if those rocks, and we, we think their rocks were really not, we're really not sure they're stones, but they would, they would either hum or glow, and, and if those rocks didn't move, they didn't move. How long have we been hearing pastor talk about being steadfast, remaining steadfast? You know how you can be steadfast? You've got to have a relationship with God that it, to have a check in your spirit. Should I go here, yea or nay? And if he don't move, you don't move. Should I, should I, should I advance? Remember one time David, David was praying. He said, Lord, should I go up and, should I go up and overtake the enemy? And the, and the Lord said, sick him. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Little R.W. Shambach. Might, might be in your Bible. R.W. Shambach said, sick him! He had the gift of interpretation. He interpreted to Arkansas ease. And the Lord said, go up. You shall surely overtake them. And he won a great victory. Great spoil. One more time, David said, David said Lord, should we advance? They're, they're coming in. They're, they're coming in again. You see they're starting to encamp. And, and, and the Lord said, no, 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 wait. You shall not go. You shall not surely go up. He said, you wait. And this is where we get that famous, that famous saying. Because the Lord said, this battle's not yours. This battle's mine. He said, you stand still. Oh, to God today that, that believers in Jesus Christ would know when to advance and when to stand still. We get in trouble when we advance and we're supposed to stand still. We get in trouble when we stand still and we're supposed to advance. But the trouble don't start there. The trouble starts when we're not hearing or listening to Jesus. 
That's where the trouble starts. You know, you know when the trouble starts even before that? If you're not reading your word every day, every day, if you're not in the word every day, you're not hearing from Jesus. If you're not walling off a, a section of your time, to be in prayer every day. And I'm talking about earnest prayer. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, you know, God is great, God is good. Now I thank him for this food, you know. I'm not talking about those those prayers that I hear at the shop at the shop table, you know. <laughs> good, good, good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. You know, you get flippant with God, you get lackadaisical with God, you unplug, you you um, you unplug. And when you unplug, you lose power. And when you lose power, you lost as a goose. You're on a log without a paddle heading over the, the falls of Niagara. You're caught in the current of this world, and there's nothing to restrain you. That's where Christians find themselves today. They're in the flow of the world, and they wonder why they're having such difficulty. They're in the flow of the world and they're wondering, God, why aren't you at my rescue? And the Lord said, I told you to stay here. I told you to stop here. I told you to advance here and you didn't do it. That's why the father said, this is my beloved or darling son. Hear ye him. Listen to him. Right? When heaven touches earth, I'm, I'm still in my recap. When heaven touches earth, it's going to energize you. How many of you need energy right now? When heaven intersects your earth and collides with your earth, it will energize you. You remember, um, I'm trying to think when it was, and, and, and uh, Brother Phil, if you know, just let me, um, remember when the, when the comet passed through Saturn's rings? Uh, it's been, I'm thinking 10 years ago, there was a comet that went through the rings of Saturn. And every time it went through one of the gaseous rings, there was a grand explosion. It was like boom, boom, boom. And then when it hit, when it hit, the, the, the satellites captured the image. There was a huge ball of flame. There's energy when heaven reaches earth. When heaven touches you, it will inspire and ignite you. There's energy there. There, there will be masses of energy in you. If you need energy, if you're lacking energy, you need an encounter with heaven touching your world right now. Okay? You'll walk differently. Remember we talked about Jacob. Talked about Jacob. He was wrestling with the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord, whenever you read that, as Dr. Wilmington told us in the Old Testament survey class, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a reference to Jesus Christ. When you have an intersection with Jesus Christ, you're going to walk different. Can you imagine after that, after God changed his name, Jacob and Esau, oh, here comes that limping, here comes that limping preacher. He walked different people could tell that something had happened to him. I wonder how many believers today, people that claim the name of Jesus, people that wear 50-pound crosses around their neck, have, have fish bumper stickers, and people can't tell a difference in the way they walk. If they can't tell a difference, in, if, you can't, if people can't be around you for five minutes without you saying, hey, I'm a believer, and rolling through your credentials, are you really saved? Do you think Jesus had to go around telling everybody he was the son of God? 
Do you think, I mean, outside, outside, of, outside of the accusations that came out of the, out of, out of, out of the Jews, out of some of the Jews from Jerusalem that, that were tormenting Paul, do you think that he had, to, he had to provide credentials that he was an apostle? Or did people just look at him and say, man, there's something different about him. I want what he's got. Yeah. Do you know you testify a hundred times more by your actions than you ever will with your mouth? And people are watching. People are watching. I got, I got a friend. Said he, he came to church for a while and he backed out and just can't, want, can't figure out why, can't figure out why his family's not saved. I had to ask him, I said, so you think that maybe your family's got a better witness against Jesus by you than for you, than for him by you? Well, no, no, I, I don't cuss, I don't drink, I don't gamble, I don't play the lottery. And you don't come to church? You don't read your Bible? You don't pray? They never see you in prayer. Well, now, 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 come on. I'm, I'm, I, I do all that at church. I said, no, you're supposed to do it at home. If you ain't doing it at home, it, you can come here, and the only thing you got to do here is repent. <laughs> Where's the teaching? Where's the discipleship gone in the church in the, in the, in the last 50, 60 years? Where has the discipleship gone? Well, when you start discipling people and telling them what thus says the word of the Lord, man, they're out of here. They're going to go down. You know, the church today, the Christian today, is kind of like Golden Corral. If you don't like the green end of the salad bar, you go to your favorite end and just kind of sit, sit right there, don't you? Think about it. The word of God says that God has placed people in the body as it pleased him. Jesus called us sheep mainly because sheep are dumb. They need a shepherd to guide their movements, protect them, or they'll, 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 they'll follow a wolf. You know, remember, where do you think we got the adage, wolves in sheep's clothing? That they'll follow someone in, in disguise. They'll follow false prophets. Someone who comes and tells them a story, you know. What, I, heard a, I heard an evangelist when I was a little kid. I heard an evangelist say, you know, sheep are so dumb, you can take a rock and throw it right into the middle of a pack of them and they won't even separate. Now, that's the wrong thing to tell a 10-year-old boy. Do not try this at home, sir, 11-year-old boy. Do not try this at home. Because there was a 11-year-old boy, 10-year-old boy that did. But I confirmed the results. And you know what? It's, a, it's amazing that I did that then and I never would have thought about it, but I'm still confirming results to this day. <laughs> So our neighbor had a flock of sheep. And I listened to that, and I listened to that preacher, that evangelist. And I was telling my buds, now we had, we had our bicycles and we rode down to the farmers, the sheep right up against the, the road, you know. And I said, hey, check this out. I heard the preacher say that you could throw a rock right into them sheep and, and, and they won't even scatter. You know what? I threw a rock right into them sheep. And you know what? They didn't scatter. They were without direction. But you know what the preacher forgot to tell us? That most farmers have dogs. And if you ever saw those old Looney Tunes cartoons where them dogs are laying there looking like they ain't paying attention. Morning, Sam. Morning, Fred, you know. Them dogs over there like they're not even paying any attention. 
it was the most that we could do in our 10-speed bikes to get away from that dog after we had thrown that rock. Because I don't know where he came from, but I knew where he was. And you know what? Now watch this. He didn't waste time on the other three guys. Because he knew. He knew who had accosted the sheep. The good shepherd won't waste time on the others. His eyes are always beholding. He, he says he sees the sparrow when it falls. His eyes are always beholding. And if believers, true believers, understood that, they would never, ever, ever go around and say, do you know, man, I'm going to tell you something. Do you know what Andy did? Boy, Andy mispronounced a word. He was in the book of Thessalonians and he mispronounced a word. I don't think, he, I don't think he's qualified. God's watching. And if that old sheepdog knew which bike to chase. And by the way, I wasn't the fat boy back then, okay? Just so y'all know, I could, I could ride. <laughs> I, could, I could make it scoot. How much more does God know? How much more is God watching? How much more does God understand and see when people are hurting you, people are talking about you? I don't have to worry about what people are saying behind my back because God's got my back. God's got this. I don't have to worry about what's going on. The only thing I need to do is keep my eyes on, on the master and the master's got his eye on me. I could care less. We're, we're way too late in the calendar of man. For me to be worrying about what he said, she said. I've got heaven on my mind, guys. I've got getting, getting, helping you guys get to heaven on my mind. Well, so-and-so said this, so be it. Your Bible says we're going to give an account for every idle word that comes off of our tongue. We're going to give an account. Not to me. Because every night I say, Lord, forgive those who despitefully use me. Forgive. And every night I say, Lord, bless them. Just like Jesus, because they don't know what they're doing. They think they do, but they don't. All right. You'll talk differently. When heaven touches earth, things are moved and shaken. When heaven touches earth, point number five, you'll see things in a different light. Now, so many, so many believers come to the church. They get born again, and then there's a time, there's a transition time. And, and Pastor and I were talking about this. We've got a Christian growth class, and, we, and we've got, and we've got a, a new believers class that, we're, that, that we've got to, get, got to get rolling again because we've got some people that, that really need it, especially in this, in this last day we're talking about. But there, there's a time when you expect to see a maturity in the believers in Christ. Amen? And, 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 I've, got, and I've, got a, I've got another teaching about, it's called unoffendable. And, and I, may have to, I may have to bring it back out and teach it again because too many people in the body of Christ are, are, are too willingly offended. 
Do you know when Jesus went to the cross, he took your offense to the cross. You were offensive to God the Father, and he took your offense and nailed it to the cross. When he nailed your offense to the cross, you, and when you accepted his gift, that perfect gift is in Romans 5, 8, and when you accepted that gift of eternal life, you abdicated the throne of offense in your life. Believer, you have no right to be offended. If you get offended, you're telling the Lord to step off of the throne in this area and I will handle that. That's an abomination when you say to a king, you step off the throne in your life and I'm going to handle that. That's an abomination. Don't be abominable because the abominable things are not going to get in. All right? You'll see things differently. You'll understand that, 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 that sinners are going to do what sinners do. Haters going to hate, sinners going to sin. Don't be one of them. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When do you got to renew your mind? Every day. What if that don't work? You know, every six hours. What if that don't work? Every hour. What if that don't work? Every five minutes. Renew your mind as necessary. Right? How many, how many times, I mean, seriously, how many times do we, have you washed your hands, you know, this, this thing? We're learning how to wash our hands, Right? I think the whole spread of this COVID thing, mom had it right when I was six years old. Wash your hands. Did you wash your hands? Let me see. I honestly thought my mom could see germs. I really did. I didn't, I'd wet them down and, you know, dry them. You know, sometimes I'd even come in the house with her, just wet and, and come in. See? And she'd look and say, no, go back in there and do it right. She had x-ray vision or something. Of course, it might have been because my fingernails were filthy. I don't know. But, it, it, you know. How many, how many times do you have to renew your mind constantly? Because until we, get on the, until we get on the helmet of salvation, the devil's going to continue to throw fiery darts. Every hour of every day, you're going to be under attack as a believer in Christ. Get on the helmet of salvation. Take up the shield of faith wherewith you're able to quench those fiery darts. I got news for everybody. When you become a believer in Christ, you become a disciple of Christ, it quits being about you and it's all about him. It stops being about me. You see, that's what the world does. That's the world's perspective. It's all about me. Right? They even, they even wrote a song about it several years ago. You don't want me to go there? But I like my Nana in Muncie, Indiana. The average Christian today talks more about themselves than they do Jesus Christ. The average Christian today is so, is so equipped to talk about the world's problems when, and instead of talking about the solution. Do you know the solution to the problems that we're facing as a nation right now is Jesus Christ? The solution to the problems that the world faces is Jesus Christ. Now, you can choose to, to, to illuminate the problems that we're having and facing. I choose to illuminate the, the solution. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the solution. The answer to, the answer to every question is Jesus. The solution to every problem is Jesus. Quit illuminating the problem. Things are going to happen 
You're going to come into various trials and temptation. Remember, we're to count it all joy. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but who succeeded in that recently? Not me. Count it all joy when you enter into various trials and temptation. What were they thinking? What on earth were they thinking about? Number six. When heaven touches earth, worlds collide. Worlds collide. That heavenly world collided with my natural world. That righteous world collided with my sinful world. And just like that comet going through Saturn's rings. Explosion, explosion. Energy was released until it connected. And when it connected... Mind blown. Point number seven we made. Suddenly. When will it happen? When heaven touches earth, it'll happen suddenly. Remember Acts chapter 16? Suddenly. An earthquake. At midnight, when they had been beaten and chained securely down in the bowels of the prison. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and worshiping, singing hymns. I'm glad we got these, these lights on, on us when we're worshiping the Lord because I, can, I got this feeling if I'm standing down here looking back, I, I see how many people are standing here watching, watching the worship go on and they're not worshiping the King. I'd, I'd be remiss to know. Remember a couple of weeks ago on Sunday when we said that in heaven, the difference is that the worship starts back there and goes toward the throne. It, it, here, here, if the if the, if the worship if the worship if the worship team misses their entrance to a song, or if if the if the drum throws a stick and misses a beat, or it, it, it all stops because we're not really worshiping God. You know what? If we were where we should be as a church, I'm talking a church at large, not just the, not the river, but as large. If we were as, as we should be as a church, we would never have a transition from the, the intercessory prayer time to worship time. We would go right from one right into the other because the Spirit would draw us in. That's the point of intercessory prayer so that we begin to call upon the Lord and the Lord begins to hear from heaven and, and He begins, the, the hand begins to reach, the Spirit begins to reach and draw us into the most holy of places and He draws us in. We, could, we should be able to get there without ever hearing the first chord, without ever hearing the first lyric, without ever hearing the first word. We should be able to go from intercession right into the very throne room of God. But we can't. I had a guy, I had a guy tell me, a guy, seriously, a guy told me this, I just can't worship on demand. Well, then you ain't worshiping the king that I'm worshiping. He doesn't have to prime my pump. He saved my soul. Oh. He didn't have to. He doesn't have to get me feeling all giddy and goosebumpy, knowing that I'm not that I'm that I've been translated from a devil's hell to an eternal heaven with him. That's enough, and I will worship and praise him, whether you guys do it or not, or whether I hear another worship song. I will still give him praise and glory. Amen. 
What's wrong with people? You really want to know? That was a rhetorical question, but you really want to know? In America, at least, for the last 240 years, we've forgotten what it's like to serve a king. We're autonomous. We are the king of our own lives. Oh, freedom is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we should go back. Freedom is awesome. But the Apostle Paul said, he said that all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. And he also said, don't use grace as an opportunity to sin. You know what? When we talk about Jesus Christ, we're talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and we are his subjects. We're his subjects. We were bought with a price, the Apostle Paul told us. We're not our own. <laughs> there was a, there's a story, and it's a really good story if, you wanna, if you'd want to, you might get the DVD or whatever. There's a really good story. It's called about the snowman. It's a horse called Snowman. You ever, you ever heard the story? Snowman, he was, a, he was an Amish horse. The, the Amish farmer used him to, to, pull his, to pull his plows and to pull his wagons. And, and when, he, when, he, when the horse would no longer pull and got tired of pulling, they were getting ready to send him to the glue factory. That's the, that was the fate of horses back in the day. They're going to make glue out of him. One guy just happened to see the horse. He was white. They called him the snowman. And he bought him. He had four kids. All the kids got up on his back and he was just as gentle as he could be. He bought, the, he bought, he bought, he bought Snowman and, and took him home and, and uh, the kids loved him. He was gentle. He was a gentle giant. He, you know, horse, horses are, are, are very intelligent. They have, a, they have a personality of their own and th this horse rec recognized that he was that close to becoming glue. I don't know why they put a cow on the Elmer's bottle. But anyway. Some of you will get it, some of you won't. They fell upon hard times, and he sold him the, to a doctor down the street. The, a doctor said, you know, my kids love Snowman, and we'll, I know you're in a hard time. And so, so he, said, uh, he said, can I buy a Snowman from you? He said, well, sure. So they walked him down and put him in the, put him in the, the corral or whatever in the pen. And... Uh, the next morning, the doctor calls up and says, hey, if you had to change a heart, you should have just told me you didn't have to come and take the horse. And he's like, what? Look outside, and sure enough, snowman's out in the front yard nibbling on um, geraniums. He said, I didn't come and get the horse. He, he said, no, he said, somebody came and got him because they latched the gate back behind him. Huh? So the doctor said, he said, I honestly, I didn't come and get him. I'll bring him back. And so they brought him back. And the doctor added another level to the corral. Same thing next day. Snowman is munching on geraniums in his, in his former owner's yard. And the doctor's like, look, this horse won't stay with me. He's got to stay with you. And, and they went down and looked at the pen, and it was about this high. And that horse had jumped out of that pen 
Check him out. Snowman became the number one un... What, what do they call it when he's an unpedigreed? He was the Amish plow horse for crying out loud. And he won all kinds of records. And, and up, until, up until, I think just a couple years ago, he had the world's record for the steeplechase and he was a 20-year-old horse. And he still loved... You know, you know, you know, you know what you do with prize horses, right? You got to rub them down. You got to, you know, you take care of them, and oh, you just—I mean, they're like that—they're um, like that uh, um, Kobe beef in 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 Japan. You know, and the cows getting massages. You know, that's what you do to prize horses. No, this guy—he would—he would swim with the kids, four kids up on his back the whole time. World record holder, the snowman. Google him, check him out, snowman. All for the love of a man that saved his life. What inspires you? Does Jesus inspire you? You may think your life is over. The world may have you cast to the glue factory. The devil may have you sentenced to hell. <laughs> but there's somebody who sees your worth. I want to I be that dedicated to my, to my Savior and my Lord as snowman was. You try to separate me, I'll get back. No matter what it takes, I'll get back. I will become a champion for my Lord because He championed me. He's my champion. Is He your champion tonight? Is He your champion tonight on the broadcast? Is He your champion? Good story, encouraging story. Check out snowman. But it, it'll happen suddenly. We talked about Samson. Samson, it took him losing everything. It took Samson, he had betrayed the vow that he had with God. You see, Samson's power wasn't in his hair. His power was in his vow to God. His source of strength wasn't his own. It wasn't his commitment. It was that he had a vow with the Lord and he was keeping that vow to God. And he was not to reveal the source of his strength. Do you know what the source of your strength is today, believer in Christ? Your source of strength is found in the presence of God. Not in the presence of the world. Where Samson messed up is that he kept flirting with the world. He kept finding Delilah. He kept finding other people. He kept flirting with the Philistines and taunting them. Your Bible says come out from among them and be separate. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Come out! If you can't make up your mind to come out, then make, listen, you're going to be the most miserable person, the most miserable people on the face of the earth. Here's a clue for you. Are people who can't make up their mind to either to live for Christ or to live for the devil. Torn, how long will you falter between two opinions? If God be God, worship Him. Serve Him. If Baal be God, then worship Him. Let me, let me encourage you sinners out there. First off, my first and number one priority would be that you would accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and give your heart to God. But if you can't find it in your heart and place to do that, then live your best life possible because this is the only heaven you're ever going to know. 
That's good advice. If you're in sin, be in sin. Be, be, go get it. Grab a little gusto off the top. But if you want to live forever, then live for God. Give your heart to the Lord and serve Him. Serve, live for Him. And you'll never, ever, ever regret that. All right. And then lastly, when heaven touches earth, we talked about this Sunday and then we, we left out of here on this. And whew, there's my introduction, 35 minutes of introduction. Praise Jesus, we're rolling now. <laughs> when heaven touches your world, your world becomes all about Jesus and not about you. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. There's a reward coming, both good and bad. A reward for righteousness, a reward for unrighteousness. You choose. You get to choose. All right. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 25, verse, verses number 21. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of of your Lord. Whose Lord? It's personal, right? Enter into the joy of your Lord. What if he's not your Lord? What if he's not your Lord? What if you're just, what if you're just going to church because it's the thing to do? What if you just are, are and, and this is this used to be this used to be something that, that that happened a lot. What if you just you think you could get to heaven by not doing any of the don'ts? You see, there are people that try to get in by their good works, and, and they're going to fall short. There are people that try to get in by by just only doing good things and good deeds. It's not about what you can do; it's about what Jesus did. Right. So he said, and his Lord said unto him. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over everything, right? Has God put you in charge of everything? Why do we worry about everything? God didn't call us to worry about everything. God didn't put us in charge of everything. If we're going to be successful and we're going to be good and faithful servants, then we're going to hear from the Lord and then we're going to do those things. We're going to execute those things that He has called us and purposed us to do. Right? I'm not going to give an account for if, if, I, if, if, if I help Pastor Corey accomplish his call. I'm not going to give an account for helping him. I'm going to give an account if I fall short because I paid too much attention to somebody else's call. That's why we're that's why we're in second in, in first Peter chapter four. He, he, he says he or is it second? Anyway, in Peter's Gospels, he, he says, "Don't be busybodies. I'm 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 not to be worrying about what y'all doing. I got to be faithful over what the Lord's called me to do." You get somebody that's got to. You're going to love this. My dad. This is another one of my dad's euphemisms. 
You, you get around somebody that's got their nose and everybody else's neck catching, I guarantee you their loss is a goose. They got self-righteousness. Because God never give anybody charge and give them a little measuring rod other than, other than over in the book of Ezekiel. The only time you're ever going to see a measuring rod. God never give anybody one to say, all right, I'm going to hold this up against you. All right, let me see how you, I'm going to size you up here. Oh boy. And if you don't come up to where they think they are, then, then you're a heathen or you're pagan. And if you exceed where they are, then, then, then you're just a zealot. That's not your job. Nobody has that call. Because when the Lord returns, he's going to judge the earth in righteousness. The Lord's going to do it. Now, what my job is, is and pastor's job, and the elders, and, and what the river's job is, is we've got the ministry of reconciliation, which if you're not doing what the Lord has called you to do, or you don't know what the Lord has called you to do, then we are to come alongside you and encourage you and get in the word with you and give you some passages of scripture to read and, and, and get you in a place where you can hear from the Lord so you can hear him. And find out what your calling is. I don't know how many believers that I talk to. I don't know how many church members. Let's just put it that way. I mean, believers is just a carte blanche term now anymore. Everybody believes. The devil believes. Do you realize under that definition of believers, the devil is a believer? That's a hard truth, isn't it? The devil is a believer. He's not going to go to heaven. Jesus never, Jesus never said going into all the world and making believers. He said go and make... Yeah. Disciples are students who have a master and they desire to become as he is. The Apostle Paul said, if you have trouble relating to Jesus, then relate to me as I relate to Jesus. If, if Jesus is too far of a stretch for you, then you follow me as I follow Christ and we'll get there. Now, in order for us to say that, then we have to make sure that we're following Christ. Right? We have to make sure that we're following Christ to the best of our ability. Not being busybodies. See, they're, they're busybodies, if you, if you look at what, what the Apostle Peter talked about, when you look at busybodies, they're going to have their place with the liars, the thieves, the fornicators. They're going to have their place in the, in the lake that burns with fire. They'll be right in the church. They'll, they'll, they'll claim to have the Holy Ghost. They'll claim, they'll claim to have studied under great teachers. But they're busybodies, their spirit. They're, remember, remember we, had, we talked about that, the, the, the Jezebel spirit, the spirit of the anaconda, the snake. They just squeeze the life out of the believer. Are we, are we there yet? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to worry about everything, guys. You don't have to, you're not going to give an account for everything. The, the master told, the Lord told the servant, you were faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over what? Many. All you got to be do is be faithful where God has put you. Listen to the Lord. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. All I've got to do is be faithful in my calling. And if I don't know what my calling is, then I've got to faithfully work to find my calling and hear from the Lord. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. This is my darling son. Listen to him. 
I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but but I, 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 I and I would dare I would dare not do it. But but I, there's been in places in this church. There's been times in this church when I've asked people, "What are you hearing from the Lord?" And and, and pastors bears witness. We we've had people tell us, "I ain't hearing nothing." What God are you serving? Isn't that what the prophets of Baal heard? They begin to dance around the altar. Here the calf was up on the altar. They begin to dance around. They begin to perform all the worship refunctions. They begin to chant. They begin to beat their drums. Oh, hear us! They begin to cut themselves, crying out to their deaf and dumb God. If you're not hearing from the Lord, two things are happening. Either you're out of position. You see, the prodigal couldn't hear dad's voice when he was in the, in the stranger's field. The prodigal couldn't hear father's voice when he was out of earshot. Didn't have Instagram. Didn't have text. I find it amazing, though, that his self-righteous older brother knew what was going on. Busy body much? And we know that his older brother was keeping tabs on him. He said, what's this? What's the, he asked the servant, what's this? Well, your younger brother who was gone, is, who was lost, is, is now found. And your father commanded that we kill the fatted calf. And, and he got indignant. And he went to him and he said, what is this? I've been, with you, I've been faithfully with you, waiting for you to die so I could have it all. I, no, he didn't say that, did he? That's what was in his heart. I just wanted you to die, Dad, so I could have all this. Oh, there goes about 40% of the busybodies that I know. Come in and said, Dad, this, this son of yours, not my brother, not my brother, not my baby brother, do you know who the responsibility of protecting the family fell to if Dad died? The oldest. The oldest had the responsibility. Do you know what he did? This son of yours has went into a far country and has wasted your inheritance with riotous living and whoredoms. I guess Dakes that calls it whoredoms. Whoredoms. He's 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 played with prostitutes he's toyed with prostitutes he's he's got drunk he's drinking away and he and he was even feeding pigs he had the full report didn't he isn't it amazing that isn't it amazing that that false christians get the full report of your sin but they miss the full report of grace they miss the full report you know what the father said? Here's what the father, the father put him wise, didn't he? He said, what are you talking about? He says, this is all yours. Whatever I have is yours. I'll be yours always. But this, my son, was dead. And now he's alive. Now watch, 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 watch. I know that that's a parable. I know it's a parable. But why does your Bible say that there's more rejoicing in heaven? over one sinner that needed repentance than over the 90 and 9 that were standing here waiting for the, waiting for the music to strike up, waiting for the band to go, 
waiting, waiting for, and they're, and they're only going to do that as long as, long as, the, as long as the keyboardists don't start the, start the song out wrong, or they're only going to do that as long as the, the lead singer don't get the wrong key. And they're only going to do that as long as, the, if everything ain't perfect, I ain't going to worship you, God. You know the only person that can make that claim? If everything ain't perfect, I'm not going to worship God. The only person that can make that claim is a person that's perfect himself. Because a perfect person wouldn't want to lower themselves to imperfection. I love it when imperfection looks up in the, into the eyes and into the throne room of perfection and says, I won't worship you unless you bless me. I won't worship you until. Well, you could be waiting a long time because he's the king. You see, we've forgotten. There we, now I've come full circle. We've forgotten in America what it's like to live under a, a righteous theocracy. We've never known it. The world's really never known it. But we're about to. The king is coming. The king is coming. And when he comes, when the king returns, you can either be a subject or you can be a son. Oh, hear the word of the Lord. When the king returns, you can either be a subject or a son. Or daughter. Which one, which one do you want to be? Let me just tell you, it's a lot better being a child of the king. You know the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament? It's real simple. In the Old Testament, people were servants of the Most High God. Do you know what Jesus said to us? In the book of John, do you know what he said? He said, he said I, no longer, I no longer call you servants but I call you friends. I call you. And to those who believe on him, he gives the power, the ability to become sons of God. Do you want to be a servant? Do you want to be a subject to the king? Or would you rather be a child of the king? I am a child of God most high. My attention, my focus, and, and my devotion is on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In Him we move and live and have our being children of the Most High God. In Him we live and move and have our being. <laughs> oh, heavens. In Revelation chapters 2 and 3, you don't have to turn there. But six different times, six different times, and he's talking to the seven churches in Asia, six different times he says, he who has an ear, let him hear. Six times. Do you know the significance of the number six? We've talked about it. Six is the number of, of man we were created on the sixth day six times he reminds us six times man oh man man he who has an ear to hear let him hear what the spirit says let him hear what the spirit says to him that has an ear to hear let him hear let him hear six different times you say, Pastor, I, I hear what you're saying. 
I hear what you're saying, but I can't hear. Pastor, I hear what you're saying, but I, I'm having trouble hearing. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3, we're going to start in verse number 7. When you're there, give me a hint and say amen. Samuel 3, 7. All right. Now Samuel did not yet know Jehovah, the Lord, Yahweh. Nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. There are some who don't yet know the Lord. There are some who may have been in church for 6, 7, 8, 10, 12, whatever years, and they still are not familiar with the Lord. They've heard stories, but they haven't heard him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. How many times has the Lord called you and you missed it? If you don't know what you're listening for, and you don't know him, you heard stories about him, but you haven't heard him. Oh, man. Man, this is getting big, guys. This this is the 500-pound elephant in everybody's house. Are you hearing Jesus? Then he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it it shall be, if he calls you, that you must must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. There's a key right there. You, you, you need to, if you don't have it highlighted, you need to mark it. You need to, you need to encapsulate it because when the Lord calls you, you need to say, here, Lord, I, here I am, Lord, speak because your servant is here. And uh, that's the missing ingredient today because even though God said, this is my beloved son, my darling son, in whom I'm well pleased, hear him, we're not hearing him today in the church, amen? And so when the Lord begins to call, you need to say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And, and as Pastor Glenn tells us, and when you see that there, say, and you see servant, make it a personal pronoun. Speak, Lord, for JC hears you. Give him permission to talk in your life. Be like Moses and stand still and see the salvation. We got to see the salvation of God. Now it came to pass. Now the Lord, excuse me, and and he went and laid down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. You see, when the Lord calls you, he's got your name. He got your number. He knows when you're laying in your bed, when you're rising up. And Samuel answered and said, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. How much different would our life be if we weren't waiting to be told about the Lord, but we could hear from the Lord ourselves? Remember, you've got inside you, indwelling in you, 
the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and He will show you all things. Oh, are, are you here, church? Remember that inside of us, Samuel didn't have the same benefit that we did because the Holy Spirit had not yet been given. Yet today in the church, we've got the Holy Spirit in us, indwelling us, living in us. Speak, Lord, for J.C. hears. And then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. The Lord's getting ready to do something. Are you here? The Lord is getting ready to do something. And when the world hears it, their ears are going to be set on fire. There's something coming. There's something, I'm telling you, yeah, those of you who've been through the, the end times class and the eschatology class, there, there's something coming. There's something right on the horizon. You know, in that, that three-part series that we did, you, know, you, need to, you need to get into that, get, re- review that. There's something coming. We are, right, we are right at the edge. We're right at the verge. Something's getting ready to happen. Are you here, church? Oh, Hallelujah. He says, I'm getting ready to do something. I will do something in Israel at which the both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Oh, 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 I got, I got about seven minutes. Isaiah 64, verse 1. Isaiah 64 and verse 1. Here is what the believers need to be praying now. The prophet Isaiah began to pray this prayer and Here's what, we need to, here's what we need to pray right now. It's not popular. It's not going to tickle anybody's ears. Isaiah 64, verse 1. Oh, that you would rend the heavens or tear the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. Can you hear him? Can you hear him? Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would pierce the heavens, that you would come down. Notice their statements. They're, they're, not, they're, they're not questions. He's not questioning. Oh, Lord, will you please? He's saying, oh, Lord, that you would. If you would, oh Lord, if you would, if you would, that you would come down and that the mountains would shake at your presence. As fire burns the brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. You see, I think if the church was where the church should be, we wouldn't be inept. We wouldn't be being made fun of. Rome thought the church was a force to be dealt with. They couldn't understand it. They refused to go to their drunken parties and their drunken orgies. This new Christian church, every time, uh, it was Tertullian who said, every time that, that, that uh, a tremor happened in Vesuvius, that the Christians were burnt at the stake or, or Christians were thrown to the, book, to the beasts. 
You think that's you think that's odd? You think that's strange that the that the governor, the emperor would blame Christians for everything in the world? Anybody ever heard Solomon say there's nothing new under the sun? Buckle up. Whenever the whenever the whenever the the, the Thames went down and the Nile went up, whenever there were whenever there were whenever there were whenever there were, were drought in, in, in Egypt or, or, or drought in, in Rome and, and whenever there was vice versa and the crops flooded out, he said whenever a natural disaster would happen, whenever there was a plague or a torment or a pestilence, whenever that would happen, when anything would happen, they felt that their idols and that their gods were mad and so they had to do something to appease their gods. And whenever a calamity came, Christians were thrown to the beasts. Christians were thrown to the beast. Lord, we ask that you would come down. You would rend heaven. Let me conclude. Before heaven touches earth, sometimes God has to make you uncomfortable. God has to get you in a position to receive what he's about to reveal. When you came into this world shortly before you were ready to be delivered, you made your mom very uncomfortable. You went and switched from an upright position to an inverted position. And from what I understand talking to women, that is the most uncomfortable feeling. They would take every kick into the ribs, every, every pressing into the bladder. Every, they would take all of that if they didn't have to have the inversion. Oh, that God would turn this world upside down. He's getting ready to do something. When, God in, when heaven touches earth, things get a little uncomfortable. When God calls us to a higher calling, things get a little uncomfortable. What? Me? Remember we, we spoke of Gideon? Gideon was hiding from the enemies in the threshing floor, threshing out some grain that he might eat because they were, they were starving. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, and said, thou mighty man of valor. And he's like, mighty man of valor, I'm hiding away from my enemies so that I can have a snack. <laughs> you turn from right side up to upside down in preparation for your entry into this world of air and light. We've already talked about how Moses was disturbed by the burning bush and, and, and how, how the burning bush caused him to stop. The voice caused him to listen and God caused him to obey. Whenever heaven touches earth, you'll get a confirmation. You'll be, you'll be given options or promises from the Lord. But until you respond, the confirmation or the promises will remain unrealized. One time when a new bank opened up here in town, some of our friends got, uh, got an invitation to come to the open house of the new bank. You had to RSVP, you know, and this was back before email, so you had to, you had to send the little card back, so me and a bunch of guys, I said, there are going to be door prizes and food. That gets most of the people. Door prizes and food, what's, not to, what's, not, what's to be lost there? The night of the thing, I decided, you know, even though we'd RSVP'd, I said, you know what, I'm not going to go. Now, my friends went, but I, I said, hey, I called them up and said, hey, I, I'm not going to go, I'm I just, I'm just not into it. Lo and behold, when they got ready to, to close down the shindig, they had a drawing. 
And the first winner of the $500 U.S. savings bond, which would, by the way, have been matured right now, the first name out of the hat was Mr. John Sparks. Next day at work, those guys are like, you idiot. <laughs> Do you know what you did? You RSVP'd, got your name in the hat. They called you out. They give you 30 minutes, and, 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 they, and, and, and there was a $500 savings bond, $500. This is, this, is, this is 1990 money, okay? This is real money. This ain't this, ain't this, this stuff we got today. $500. I wasn't there to confirm. We used to sing this old, church, old, old song in the church. When the roll is called up yonder. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. We used to sing, I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. The Lord said, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Can you hear him? Have you heard him? What's the Lord saying to you? See, he knows his sheep and he calls them by name. He told us another they will not follow, the stranger's voice they will not follow. Who you following? Who you following? Tonight, those of you on the broadcast, who you following? Even in a pandemic, even in a turmoil in, in, in government, even in world turmoil, you can have peace. Do you? Jesus said, I come to, to, that you might have peace. He comes to give us that peace that passes all understanding. If you're not living in peace tonight, chances are pretty good. You're not listening to him. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Tonight, we just ask, Lord, right now, that you would allow heaven to touch earth one more time. Lord, allow heaven to touch our lives, individual lives, our individual worlds, right now. And Lord, let us be like your servant Samuel, the young boy, when we hear you call let us say speak lord for your servant hears speak lord for jc hears and be ready because in revelation six times you've told us lord he who has an ear to hear let him hear lord give those who don't have ears to hear tonight ears that they might hear what the Spirit says expressly. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us here at the River, you can email us at study at riverwc all one word dot org. Again, that's email to study 
at riverwc.org. God bless you.